0: Welcome to Gender Meowster Podcast Network. Genderful is a talk show featuring non-binary and trans folks discussing various topics and special interests. We kindly remind our listeners that no person is a monolith of identities. All opinions are the speaker's own. This show airs live on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash and VODs with show notes can also be found on YouTube. Content warnings for this episode include conversion therapy, transphobia, homophobia, neurophobia, dysphoria, mental health, ableism, religion, bullying, being misgendered, and current political events in Texas, USA. So, hi everyone. I'm Gendered Meuster. I use they/them pronouns, and I will let my awesome, wonderful guest introduce themselves.
1: Hi everyone. My name is Lyric. Uh, you may know me uh, as the zero divergent rebel. I use they them pronouns and i am an autistic non-binary trans person living in texas <laughs> now I'm trying to um, but yeah
0: i'm i'm so thrilled that me. you're here this is your second episode with us
1: i know you had thanks for inviting so much fun back. last
0: time i was just like ah, let's talk about more things did we talk about adhd last time i think we might have
1: maybe yeah. I can't remember. It depends on how long ago it's
0: been, too. I Today, as you mentioned, perhaps our topics are autism and being trans in Texas. Jeez. And I think we already, I think last time you were here, we talked about some of your youth things and um, realizing how you were neurodivergent and gender wonderful at a younger age. <laughs> so maybe I'll just ask more specifically, what was it like growing up in Texas as a as an LGBTQ being.
1: Yeah. It's people are watching Texas right now and seeing the events in Texas in shock and think, Oh my gosh, Texas is becoming so horrible. And it's no, Texas has always been this horrible. It's just now they've done something big enough that the, eyes of the country is on texas like for being horrible but it's never been a particularly lgbtqia plus friendly state we are in the middle of the bible belt usa so it's very very passive aggressive for anything that is uh, not socially acceptable as an autistic uh, person like being socially acceptable and being palatable to other people is pounded into me extra from a young age and that had implications on not just me masking my neurodivergence and not being discovered and diagnosed until I was almost 30 as a neurodivergent person because I had learned so well to make myself what I needed to be for people to be nice to me which is mm-hmm. sad that I was in that spot but I, I did the same thing with gender and my gender identity mm-hmm. I conformed To be what I thought was required for the assigned gender role, because it's the same reasons. Like, as an autistic person, you mask and conform when you're in a hostile environment. It's not safe to be, like move in a certain way, talk in a certain way, ramble on about your special interest, info dump. You have to be careful because I've realized I'm a bit vulnerable in certain situations to people taking advantage of me if I can't read the situation properly and getting myself into trouble for not reading the situation properly. So it's like all of that, like you learn to hide and not stand out. Because you don't want to be a target of anything that can you know be dangerous. And in Texas it's very similarly if you're somebody who's a gender nonconforming person in any way, or you are trans, like you don't want to advertise that in a state where you have you know these this machismo thing being such a like this this what is it this toxic masculinity like men have to be like real tough and fight with each other and like, yeah i don't get it i don't get it it's never made sense to me i, I think it's terrifying like it's mm-hmm. just terrifying and it's like that you know it's, it's a state where even not just being a non-binary person like even being i think texas isn't even necessarily safe for women either not it's not just me as a non-binary person yeah. because it's like you know when I was presenting more femme presenting and before I came out non-binary I remember growing up and even being as young as 12 13 and looking like a little girl and having people cat call me and whistle me yeah as a child yeah you're <laughs> yes yeah. it's horrible <laughs> so if you're gonna go out dancing or anything you're gonna get groped you're going to get like you like you just you it's terrible that shouldn't be the expectation but that's just was the norm growing up here
0: yeah that's that you're like a
1: prey animal and yeah like people are can be really predatory and then people are just really big about telling you how they think you should act like people think they have a right to tell other people how they should act how they should believe and and all of that and people want to control other people Mm -hmm. in ways that they they have no right to control other people
0: from the times I visited the South, I feel like it's even more that way in the South. The sort of social nicety policing thing. I
1: mm-hmm. feel like
0: it's a it's next level than it is in yeah. the Pacific Northwest or some other places. Like it's a and very passive aggressive whole thing. Totally passive aggressive.
1: Bless your heart. Yeah. It's like oh no, that's not a nice thing. <laughs> it's not. When somebody says
0: that. Yeah. I was talking with a friend from Canada recently about how, who's Canadian, who said that their impression of Canadian niceness, that it is similar to that bless your heart sort of activity. There's this underlying thing that isn't being actively acknowledged, which for me as a neurodivergent person, it's, how do I say this phrase? It makes me feel gaslit and I don't understand social norms because it's not direct. It's totally mm-hmm. smoke and mirrors and misdirection and oh goodness.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, much I'm not just picking direct. up on what's unsaid. <laughs> um, I don't pick up on what's unsaid, and so yeah. that's like gets me—that gets me in trouble a lot here in yeah. Texas. It's like I'm not picking up on the unsaid. There, I, if someone's being nice to me or I think someone's being nice to me, it before I realized I was autistic, it never would occur to me that oh they're just being nice for the sake of being nice, or maybe they're being nice because they have ulterior motives and they want something not because Mm -hmm. they're nice or they're a nice person. Like it never occurred to me until I misjudged people and it got me in really bad, dangerous situations where people hurt me or took advantage of me. Mm -hmm. I realized, Oh, not everyone who seems nice is actually nice. And some people who seem nice are really horrible. And gosh, I wish I didn't have to learn those lessons through experience. Totally. And now it's like, I'm afraid to meet new people at all because I'm like, are they going to trick me? Are they really nice? Do they really like me? And it's, who could possibly like me? Like, hey, Why would anybody like me?
0: Divergent trans people.
1: <laughs> That's true because I have been meeting more neurodivergent people now. And since coming out neurodivergent and non binary, and like the circle and the right people find me just yeah. naturally. The haircut is, is also good. a dead
0: giveaway. Did you is just that get a haircut recently? Because uh, I did. I just, I have to Friday. shave it like
1: every week or every yeah. two weeks.
0: So good. <laughs> yes,
1: I think it was yesterday so good. morning or something. It feels so fresh. It's hot. What's going on? <laughs> I have to keep it. I have to keep it real short in the summer. Yeah. I can't handle it when it's hot. Like well, it's, especially my, in my hair is really thick. Yeah. And yeah. I, have like, I have a lot of hair right now, even with most of my head shaved. Like I have mm-hmm. a big, thick, black, wavy hair. and it's just this big triangle cone of giant hair if I had all of it it's a lot of hair it's too much (laughs) yeah a sensory Um, nightmare
0: totally yes that's actually part of why I think I've kept my short hair not only because it looks more masculine and that's what I'm going for but it is better Mm -hmm. sensory wise because it's not touching my the back of my back of my neck wet hair oh Ah. I hate it so (laughs) much I don't or want like, it touching my shoulders, or getting my shirt wet. The and then my shirt on my
1: shoulder, oh, is there a wisp? Yeah. No, it's not a bug, it's just a hair. Like, I'm always freaking out. No. Or I'm clumsy, <laughs> so, like, when my hair was really long, I would slam it in car doors or sit on it, or it was dangerous. Or it was just always back in a ponytail or a bun mm-hmm. because I didn't yeah. want to mess with it because it was when too I, much yeah. work or it was hot.
0: When I had so. longer hair, it was constantly pulled back. I basically mm-hmm. was like, I want, long, I want short hair. But I don't have it, so I'm just gonna put it up so it's pretending to be short.
1: Or like pull it back and put a ball cap on or wear a hoodie. Yeah. Totally. Totally. I'm I'm rocking the short hair, but I think I was I'm playing with it now and I'm thinking that maybe once we start traveling I won't have a regular visit with my mom who does like the middle. Mm-hmm. And she bleaches it for me a couple times a year, and then I do the color. Uh, and so I won't have someone to help me anymore because we're not going to be in Texas eventually. Mm-hmm. Thank goodness. But still, I'm like, oh, no, because I, I don't, like, it's a sensory We're having people touch my hair. If it's not my mom, I don't think I could handle it, or, like, my yeah. partner or someone really close to me. I don't think I can handle a stranger, like, that close in my hair mm-hmm. uh, and touching me like that. But so, like, I'm thinking I might grow the middle out again and see how that goes with the rest of this shave is my mm-hmm. partner shaves the sides for me at home yeah and so maybe I, and i'll just have this little bright piece at the end and then it'll be long and black in the middle i don't know maybe it won't cause dysphoria i'm a little nervous well about that, and how hard it is it to again. find a
0: hairstylist in texas that actually It's
1: my mom but i don't know and okay so i will say ah, it could be because my mom but i feel like in texas hair salons are probably one of the safe queer spaces Mm -hmm. in texas because a lot like okay i grew up in my 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 mom it was my mom's barber salon but so that is a thing to belong to my mom and then other salons that didn't belong to my mom but there were always like gay men and trans mm-hmm. people working in the hair salons mm-hmm. uh, that was where I got a lot of my exposure a gay man taught me how to do my makeup so I knew like g- makeup wasn't gendered when I was a young person thank goodness because yeah. the best makeup artist I knew was a guy and everyone mm-hmm. if makeup wasn't for guys then why would he be one of the best makeup artists I've ever met mm-hmm. makeup's for everybody who makes it makes you feel fabulous for you all the people in movie stars on where makeup. Up the news anchors wear makeup, you know. Regardless of their gender, they just won't admit it, right?
0: Yeah, (laughs) they totally do. Mm -hmm. So, you've talked about pieces of it, but is there anything else you'd like to say about what it's like being a trans person in Texas right now, with all the stuff that's going on?
1: So, I feel very lucky that I am an adult and I am someone who could potentially get out of here Mm -hmm. right now because families especially with young people and minors and underage people are in a much more serious position in predicament with the current persecution of families for getting the gender-affirming care that those children do need with it being criminalized so we have i've literally seen stories of families that are leaving texas exodus Mm -hmm. because they are afraid they are having to leave you know the state, maybe they're from, maybe their family, maybe their roots, everything they know because it's no longer safe for their families to stay here. Yeah. yeah, And that's very real. And it's it's something I didn't think I'd see ever in my lifetime and it's something that I feel like it feels like we're in a sci-fi movie. It doesn't feel like this should really yeah. even be happening. It's like how did nobody step in and stop this? Even though it's literally what is recommended care like you're preventing access to recommended medical, life saving medical care. Yeah. For families. And so now they have to leave to, to be medical refu- like medical refugees.
0: Yeah. Medical refugees. That's quite a phrase. Yeah. I haven't heard it put that way, but it totally makes sense. And I know a handful of trans people that have moved to the Pacific Northwest because in the last five months, because the healthcare laws in Up this direction are covering trans care like with the state health insurance. And people are like mass arriving in my region of the world because they're like, wow, I can get the care I need here. And so it's it's kinda it's scary to see this happening like in this country and to be like, are we just all gonna hide in little pockets on the coasts and lose the middle three quarters of the country to because the kids growing up in the middle, they still um, need queer and trans adults. And so then there's this debate. I've heard people, trans people in Texas, talk about the differences between do I stay and fight or do I go and take care of myself? And I, don't, I honestly don't think there's any one answer to that. I think it's very personal and it's so stressful to have to make yeah. that choice because there's a sacrifice well- either way.
1: Yeah, and this is, I'm literally, this is where I'm from. I've been here my whole life. My family's mm-hmm. here, yeah. generations of family, mm-hmm. but I don't see it getting any better. It's not just that, that it's a very anti-queer friendly state. It's also environmentally, like I, it, it breaks my soul to mm-hmm. watch the water tables and the river quality and all the natural resources being destroyed and depleted. Because yeah. I've watched it my entire life and I remember mm-hmm. what it was like when yeah. the environment was in a better state. Mm-hmm. And i it just it it kills my soul to even watch it. So it's like I just can't see anymore because I know it's gonna keep going. And I, yeah. I need to get away. But we all pick what we can do. And I I that's I've got so many fights I'm already fighting right now.
0: Yeah. But I have yeah. to pick
1: the fights that I like I have to pick which fights and how I can fight them because maybe I can still fight this but not from within the state boundaries of Texas. I'm Mm -hmm. from Texas. So maybe I'll have a different way I can fight it, but I don't have to stay and fight. Maybe I can leave and fight too. I don't know. But I think to preserve, if I don't preserve myself somehow, I I, I won't be able to fight anyway. Mm -hmm. The thing to tell you to put your own air mask on first.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I've wanted to leave the entire country before because of how stressful like they've politicized my identities it's not like a disagreement about how money is spent it's like a disagreement about my body and my brain and my self-worth as a human being and it's whoa y'all
1: yeah it's not it's like how is that anybody else's business like how is it my business if anybody regardless of their gender wants to get like boobs yeah. Like, people have been having cosmetic surgery, elect- like, for how, how long? Like, how... Is- like, and, and nobody tells anybody else you can't get a boob job or you can't... Right. Nobody says that to someone yeah. else. You can't yeah. get your nose done. Like, why do they think now they have the right to interfere with trans people mm-hmm. being able to see ourselves the way our truest versions of ourselves, our best selves? Like, why is it anybody else's business? Mm-hmm. It boggles my mind because if yeah. you told them, oh, no, you can't get a, whatever surgery you're going to get, they would be like, no, it's my body, my choice.
0: Yeah. Cisgender people have been accessing HRT for decades. That's oh, part true. of why so many of these surgeries and medicines exist is like people wanting to have their bodies function like they did when they were younger. They're avoiding menopause. Mm-hmm. They're avoiding lower testosterone in later years of life. Like, And cis people yep. can have Viagra and localized estrogen, but it's it's a whole time if trans people want it so i don't know
1: it's a double standard goodness.
0: yeah which is ridiculous
1: totally is. like with being autistic and neurodivergent it's there are all these standards that would never be acceptable for neurodiver- mm-hmm. neurotypical children it's like yeah. oh it's okay they're autistic you can treat them unfairly you can treat them poorly and then being right. non-binary being trans it's the same thing it's oh but they're trans so we don't have to treat them equally we, we can treat them like garbage and we can deny like their realities because, mm-hmm. because it's just so not okay or because if you're autistic and trans they can say oh you're autistic so you can't possibly know enough about your own gender identity to know you're trans so it's like you cannot win
0: so i think at some point today you mentioned that you realized that you were autistic and non-binary later in life like maybe when you were 30 or in your 30s what was that like did like a bunch of things in your life suddenly make sense like how was that process for you
1: oh my gosh i got diagnosed autistic at 29 when i was going through autistic burnout and I was falling apart I was losing skills I needed to change something about the workplace and get accommodations Mm -hmm. Uh, and I, I wasn't doing well and then when I found out I was autistic I realized that I had been really hiding things about myself my strengths my weaknesses my struggles my pain my discomfort I had also been hiding like My joy, the things that made me happy, the things I loved. I was not living an authentic life at all. And it prevented me from developing authentic relationships with other Mm -hmm. people. It prevented me from really knowing even what I really wanted in in life because I was too busy living up to the expectations of others. Mm -hmm. I didn't really understand, but like, I, I was like, in the same way as I was masking the autistic and neurodivergent traits in me trying to be air quotes socially acceptable i did the very same with my gender what was assigned for that role as i briefly mentioned earlier and so also part of that is growing up in texas in the hair salon i i did see other lgbtqia people other trans people but they were trans binary people i never knew non-binary was a Mm -hmm. thing until i started to get be, be much older and get on the internet and it was like learning from people that weren't in Texas like the international connectivity of the world wide web like mm-hmm. reading about different non-binary gender identities not just the non-binary as the umbrella but the reading and finding a gender fluid I was like oh that makes sense because before I had the exact experience someone describing my experience it didn't quite make sense I was like I never quite felt like a girl but I don't know how to put into words what i'm feeling so i'm just going to keep it to myself because nobody's going to understand if i can't explain it so i just kept it in for like my whole life going i know i'm not a girl i knew i wasn't a girl when i was like preschool four or five maybe younger i knew i knew and I, i knew and it ooh, puberty was so hard puberty was really hard yeah you know there's always that nagging you're going along and you're playing this role Mm-hmm. And then Trick You. It's like that song. I feel like a woman. All, all the women get excited and dance. I'm like, I don't at all. I don't like the song. And it makes <laughs> me very uncomfortable. Red flag. Yeah. I'm, like, I'm uncomfortable when I hear this song. <laughs> well, and some of that
0: music, right? Like I feel like a woman or <clears throat> there's a choir piece I sang once that's I am woman. And it was in a women's chorus. No. But I feel like some of that came about with an older wave of feminism that was just like declaring like feminine power and wresting that from the hands of the patriarchy and I don't know if you've it's ever beautiful. run into this but I've run into spaces where older feminists like feminists that are either Gen X or Boomer are sometimes resistant or struggle with some of trans ideologies trans spirituality oh. all of those pieces because they work so hard to have goddess instead of God for example, mm-hmm. that like when you're like God X or Priest X with an X in it instead of an S, where you're making it another step beyond, it's it hurts their heart. It makes them sad because they fought so hard for Goddess, and to have that be erased it creates feelings for them.
1: Oh yeah, totally. And even okay, I'll give you another example of, of being an LGBTQIA person in, in Texas. One of my jobs many years ago, I was working for the state in environmental quality uh, department as a contractor, uh, and my manager was a lesbian right? Mm-hmm. Feminist lesbian. And I admitted to, back fact, then the closest word I could say was bisexual because I didn't understand pansexual. And like, you're limited vocabulary mm-hmm. when you don't have the internet. You're not in a very LGBTQI friendly place. And so I was like, I, I admitted that I was a bisexual. and she said, That's not a thing. You're just a horny delinquent pervert mm-hmm. who wants to get it on all the time. And it wow. was like, wow, from within so someone who I thought would understand It was Mm -hmm. like and then i realized like when i came out non-binary that some of the people who have the most hatred towards trans and non-binary people were lesbians which really broke my heart because i thought oh this is a community and it was like they're threatened they're like you're giving up your power you're giving up this how dare you say this hurts women when you do this and it's like me speaking my truth does not hurt Hurt or take anything away from your truth just because it's different from your own. Uh, it, that hurts my heart. It was. Re- it's really hard when it like the people that you think would understand are like actually the the meanest and the most yeah. outspoken hateful. Yeah.
0: Surprise happened to me as well because I used to be a butch lesbian before I started testosterone, and I don't think the lesbians would like me anymore. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm not fully confident that the lesbians would welcome me to their spaces and it's I guess another thing that I I think I've mentioned this before in my like little check-ins before the talk show but I don't know if I've ever said it on the show but something that can happen to trans people on HRT is their sexuality changes like before I was on HRT I was lesbian and now I've got testosterone I've been on it for whatever I said at the beginning of the show, year and four months or whatever. And I've noticed that I'm having more like gay man dreams. Or like, I'm a guy and I'm sleeping with a guy in my dreams. And that's really interesting. And I'm like, wow, I'm way more pansexual now than I was a year (laughs) and a half ago. (laughs) That's fun and different. And it's just, I don't hear people talk about that very much. Like orientation changing after HRT. And because it's still gay. It's just gay man instead of gay woman. It's all the gay and yeah. I don't know, once you're trans, everything is some flavor of queer or gay. <laughs> yes. I'm not cis, so everything is gay. Yeah. So it's, yeah. So there is, I have, I've experienced that disappointment where I thought I had found comradeship in uh, a certain pocket of the LGBTQ umbrella. And then feel like if I went to one of those spaces again, I would not be. Okay. This is probably a trick question. Do you feel okay. like. It's better to be autistic in Texas or trans in Texas.
1: Ooh, probably <laughs> autistic, but yeah, I don't know. The behaviorism in the school is rampant. Like I wasn't mm. even in. I wasn't even diagnosed, and a lot of those behaviorist methods were used on me just by even teachers in the classroom, in the mainstream classroom, even. So. Mm. It's Neither is great, but probably being autistic. Well, especially right now, because the kids is really where the legislative focus is, is on, like really in those families and you know, young people. Yeah.
0: yeah, I don't know why the legislators are so focused on targeting children right now. Probably to keep our attention so they can do other things, because kids are compelling. Mm-hmm. But my goodness, it is time. So for those who are hearing us talk and maybe don't have a... 400 level understanding of all the things we're talking about can you describe what neurodivergent masking is if someone is oh what is masking
1: yeah Uh, so i mentioned earlier that before i found out i was autistic i had learned to actually camouflage and hide a lot of those neurodivergent traits those Mm -hmm. things my weaknesses even you know what excited me and my passions and what made me happy i was hiding things about myself that when i realized i was autistic and adhd i was like oh i'm literally just hiding my autism and adhd Mm -hmm. and the thing about that that people don't understand is with this camouflaging this masking is something that we do in self-defense it is a survival skill So we're doing it because we want to be invisible, we want to blend in, we don't want to be bullied, we don't want to be picked on, a lot like being in the closet. It's very similar to someone who's been in the closet for Mm -hmm. little bits of time with different things. It it is very similar. Like you're doing it because you don't think people will understand you, you don't necessarily feel safe, uh, and you're hiding things about yourself that you think might make you stand out. And so the thing though about that is with, you know, the autistic masking, it's a bit different than masking gender and other things is when you're masking how you engage with other people socially and how you process information it's constant it's non-stop so it you're like constant. constantly overthinking every social interaction pre-planning scripts for social engagements and things like mm-hmm. and panicking when the conversation takes turns you hadn't Expected. anticipated it might go yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot of just struggling to hide when you're confused being misunderstood and having people mm. get bad at you and you having no idea why they're angry all of a sudden right. or where things went so wrong or thinking you're getting on well with people thinking people like you and then realizing they actually hated you or they didn't mm. like you and if you had no idea i'm always the last one to find out like oh i thought they really liked me no they, they hated you they went home and complained about you for five hours i was like mm. oh i thought that was my new best friend i just met uh, but it's so, so confusing.
0: And painful Yeah uh,
1: And so it's all of those things mm-hmm. That would make anyone notice You're different Like you learn to hide And put away Because you don't want to be picked on You don't want people to say Oh you're weird Why do you move that way Why do you talk that way You always talk about boring things You talk too much you, you, Why are you so quiet like you, you can yeah. never win And people are constantly telling you How you're not enough yeah. Uh, it's or just, too much.
0: It's just a lot of work.
1: Or how you're too much. Yeah. Simultaneously like,
0: not enough and too much constantly. It's all, exhausting.
1: Yeah. <laughs> how, how could anyone be expected to manage like that?
0: Mm.
1: So it's exhausting.
0: Yeah. Yeah. As you've now experienced twice, I try very hard to get all my questions planned before the stream because I like my guests to know it's coming and not be totally surprised. Sometimes people actually type out their answers and that's totally not what I'm seeking from them. I just I'm like, just so you know, this is what I'm gonna ask you. But maybe it helps them to think about it and that's also fine. But I relate to that wanting to plan how it's gonna go before you do the thing. Like I even this housewarming party that we just had, like a ton of my friends are socially anxious and on the neurodivergent spectrum and some flavor of gender wonderful. And so it was just a bunch of, like half the party was like my trans, and that's with an asterisk, like all of the gender diverse flavors, like neurodivergent friends. And then the other half was like my wife's software engineering friends who are mostly also neurodivergent, but maybe fewer trans people or they're in the closet because it's hard to be out in the tech industry, which I'm sure you also have experience Mm. with. Yeah. I
1: wasn't even out when I was in tech. Yeah. And I, I, yeah, I don't know, for a long time before I got into, was diagnosed autistic and started the autistic advocacy, I thought my gender, my sexuality are nobody's business. And it was just like, I wasn't in the closet. I wasn't hiding, but I wasn't necessarily like, "Yay, this is me. Look at me for Mm -hmm. a long time. And then it was like, once I started talking about being autistic and realizing like how that representation really helped me. And then I figured out, oh, non-binary. I'd never heard of this before because there's no representation then it was like, right. okay, I get why we got to talk about it now. Yeah. I get, I, I used to want to be invisible. Mm-hmm. So it's like putting myself out there this much was really unnatural. I totally almost did it behind like a pen named neurodivergent rebel and never showed my face. Like I was right. like originally before I realized the internet wants to see faces and photos and videos, like I it would have just been me writing because I'm much rather write yeah than speak and yeah. then have people know who I am. And now I can't even put it back. It's like mm-hmm.
0: I've committed. Yeah, it's for my brain, my neurotype especially. I would rather watch a video or listen to a thing than just read a wall of text. I don't know if it's the font. Like there's this whole thing going around right now about bionic reading. I don't know if you see seen that. Oh, I that, saw but it. Yeah, I, I have feelings that it's behind a paywall. Like I would like someone to create an accessibility tool that's free and not make me mm-hmm. pay five dollars but and then have a tip jar like i would feel better about that make yeah. it available for those who need it and don't have the resources but also give us the opportunity to give you money because we're excited about it i don't know and that's what the show is right like it's you can listen yeah. to all of the show for free but also if you like what's going on there's a patreon or whatever so it's i don't know it's interesting balancing accessibility and like everyone needs to eat
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah i know i struggle with that too like it's- yeah you know, it, uh, I don't know, especially when I'm not motivated enough by like money. <laughs> yeah. 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 So I was like, I'm not the person to ask. I didn't know it was buying pay. <laughs> I just saw a meme about it yeah. and I like read it. And I was like, oh, wow. That's yeah. Neat. You saw the plain text really versus, fast. yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I already read really fast. And then I was like, oh, this is spectacular. Cause I read that's more right. accurately.
0: Yeah. You're hyperliterate. That's right. I remember that. Hyperlexic. We talked yeah. about that last time. Hyperlexic. See, I got the word yeah. wrong, but that's okay. So we do, we have a question from the chat. It's in the thing in red, if you want to read along. So have you noticed a huge overlap between genderqueer humans and neurospicy humans? At what point do we recognize that those discriminating against our trans youth are also displaying autistic and ADHD forward slash neurodivergent discrimination?
1: I noticed pretty right away that mm-hmm. there's a huge overlap between not just genderqueer humans and neurospicy humans. I love that. <laughs> neuro-spicy. <laughs> but just LGBTQIA plus in general just gender mm-hmm. and sexual orientation differences. Like when I did a survey of my my Twitter audience, of course it might be a bit skewed because my audience is gonna be very LGBTQIA positive. Mm-hmm. I asked, are you LGBTQIA plus, yes or no? And it was like 74.6% of 3,600 something autistic people said yes, they identify yeah. as LGBTQIA plus and only 24% said no, they don't. And I was like, oh, that's like more than I expected. But I I knew it was going to be a lot because when I first started getting into other autistic spaces, it was the first time in my life where it was like, I wasn't the only LGBTQIA plus person in the room. And the straight person was, was, the straight cis person was the minority in the group. Mm -hmm. Which is ridiculous when you consider that the representation is like little white boys, little straight cis white boys. And that's not even...
0: The majority of with autistic all the, people with at all, all. the studies and all the things. Yeah.
1: yeah. So we have bad data if that's the yeah. the blueprint because that's not At the not, very least we have incomplete reflective. data. Yeah.
0: It's it's such a small little percentage like
1: mm-hmm.
0: of the overall all of us. So oh. what are the impacts <laughs> that masking can have on neurodivergent people? Obviously it's exhausting.
1: It's exhausting. Um, it, it can also be something that can keep us safe because the world really can be dangerous. So I, I wanna make sure I mention that because as much as I hate that we do it, even I will still do it if I'm in a situation with maybe say a police encounter or mm, you know, something yeah. like that. Because I had a police c- encounter once when I did have a meltdown and it, it wasn't it was scary. It was a bit scary yeah. and it could have gone much worse. Like yeah. it could have gone much worse had I been different than I am. Masking can save our lives, but also masking for me led me to burning out. It led Mm -hmm. me to putting myself into situations that were not good for my mental or physical health because I was doing what was expected of me instead of honoring my own neurodivergent brain, honoring my Mm -hmm. own boundaries and honoring my own needs. And it led me to pushing myself too far and not even understanding or knowing where my own boundaries were. Mm -hmm. And here's the wall and I'm just going to crash right on through it. Yeah. And I'm not going to stop until I physically become ill and get so sick I can't work anymore.
0: Right. Yeah. That was my follow-up question in my mind is, I wonder what the comorbidity is between neurodivergent adults who mask and chronic illness. Like, uh, I wonder if we're we- literally making ourselves sick constantly with this behavior that's keeping us alive but ill.
1: I would bet. My life on it I'm going to say that Really confidently For a couple of reasons One We know They've already tied Masking in studies To poor mental health impacts Such as increased anxiety And depression
0: Absolutely
1: Suicide And epilepsy Are two of the top killers And autistic people. people mm, uh, okay. And we already know With trans uh, youth That mm. being in the closet And not being able to be Your authentic self Leads to suicide Masking very similar to being in the closet, not being able to be your authentic self. Autistic Mm -hmm. people having a high suicide rate. I I don't think that is a coincidence at all. And The other thing is not knowing yourself, not being able to build authentic relationships because you're not putting an authentic face out to the world. So you're not attracting the right people who will love you for you because you're not being you. Nobody can know you and you may not even know you. So there are all these impacts that we don't even see and then burnout because it's exhausting.
0: Yeah. So maybe even... I wonder if masking could also delay coming out as uh, gender diverse, because... It did for me. Yeah. because As soon as yeah, I yeah. stopped
1: masking, it was like this big gender piece was staring me in the face. because like I was getting rid of all the things I did for the sake of other people. Ooh, all of the gender things. These feel very inauthentic to me. Ooh, What mm-hmm. do I do with that, though? Yeah, I was like, oh, shoot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shoot. I have to address this thing. <laughs> Am I going through one life crisis right now with the diagnosis of being autistic at 30? Yeah. Am I gotta deal with my gender.
0: Yeah. Ugh. I during the like COVID lockdown stay at home stuff, I realized I was autistic. And then oh, within yeah, six well. months, six to twelve months, I decided I wanted to start HRT. I'd already been out as non binary for four years. But then ten days after I got married, I was like, I think I need to start testosterone. <laughs> And it also took, like, getting married to my wife and having that extra level and layer of, like, stability for my brain to even be willing to look at,
1: oh. I want to start
0: testosterone. So there's also this like thing what with security you and want. safety that it's, like, I, I wasn't ready to see that part of myself until I had that other stability Established in my life. Thankfully, my wife is also trans, so she sort of she's also a software engineer. So she saw it coming because she always thinks about edge cases, and she already knew I was non-binary. So she'd run the numbers in her head and predicted that was a potential outcome, and had already made peace with it. But oh my gosh, it was agonizing in the beginning. I was so scared constantly.
1: (laughs) Oh, I bet. Oh, I bet. (laughs) Yeah, that makes a lot of sense too. Because if you're putting down the things that you know you. Like I like when I mask, for example, as an autistic person, when I mask, it is like because I feel unsafe, Mm -hmm. and so I kind of closet back up. And then with putting on like the performance of the gender I thought was expected, it was the same thing. It felt safe. It was Mm -hmm. like artificial safety, artificial security. And then it was like it got to the, the point where I was feeling more and more dysphoria about yeah. things and then it was like i can't stand to look at myself anymore i feel right. fake i'm living a lie and mm-hmm. then it went from giving me this artificial safety to being this thing that felt like this sickening nauseating weight i can't even explain i you've got to know what i'm talking about yeah yeah like that this is wrong this is wrong just feeling totally no.
0: disingenuous and just work just
1: like Yes, it's just, it's like you can't, I can't even, I don't think words do it justice. I don't think a cis person can understand it. Maybe they can, maybe I'm wrong, but I can't conceptualize it in words. It's just the yuckiest of feelings.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. I came up with a description of dysphoria the other day and it was great and I can't remember it at all. Maybe there's a clip of it somewhere. If I find it later, I'll send it to you. Please Um, do. But it was good, whatever it was, whatever I came up with. But yeah, that, I'd love to that sort it. of like feeling of just total disingenuousness and like the ick that goes with that. All right. My next question is, are there any unique barriers that neurodivergent LGBTQ people face? We've already talked about some of them, but are there, is there anything else you can think of that's like very specific to this intersection of identities?
1: Yeah. Other than that big one where it's like people saying, "Oh, you, you can't possibly know your gender because you're neurodivergent," which is like really horrible and
0: oh god, yeah.
1: Damaging and hurtful because I think I know more about my gender because I'm autistic, honestly. Yeah. Cuz I'm so obsessively introspective, I and I've considered all of the outcomes really carefully. Yeah. Like it's not that I've just casually done this thing. I like had to overthink it so hard mm-hmm. so it's like yes yeah. i know i've made this mm-hmm. decision. i pondered it for 30 some odd years before i was willing to t- talk about it with anybody i've mm-hmm. thought this through but that's a really big one but then it's also when we want to enter lgbtqia spaces they may yeah. not be neurodivergent friendly so right. like we want to go yeah. to like pride and events and things mm-hmm. i'm like i really want to go to pride parade but I've never been because it sounds like a sensory nightmare. And I feel like I Mm -hmm. might get overwhelmed by all the people and I don't actually know if I can handle it. I'd love the idea of going to a pride parade, but like actually going to one sounds like something I may or may not be able to handle. And it might be risky to do Mm -hmm. because I might, totally have an overload and I don't know that it would be safe. I don't know that they're going to know about neurodivergence the way neurodivergent people tend to know more about LGBTQIA plus people.
0: And I think that's where the value is in having organizers of these types of events who are both like the housewarming party we just had. I sent out there was like the, the initial invite with information. And then I sent an email like 36 hours before the party with more information that included things like, label your food. You're gonna have name tags with pronouns. Love Don't it. forget to write the thing. And I added on there, like, we're gonna have earplugs available for folks who are like sensory, they need that sensory accessibility tool. They'll be at the front door. They're constantly available. There's like a box of over a hundred of them. So four times wow. as many people as we had over enough earplugs. I honestly don't know if anyone took them and I but I ran my little Email by a friend who's also neurodivergent, and they said it's it's great you have earplugs, but why do you have earplugs? And so then I was like, oh, I hadn't thought of that could be an (laughs) anxiety-inducing instead of a good thing. And so I added there will be music in the house, but there will not be fireworks or other loud things. So then people knew why there were earplugs also, and so there was just this level of like information. And then I realized we invited some of our next door neighbors because we're trying to make friends with the people that we live nearby, but they didn't get the emails because they know where we live. They don't need that information. Uh And so we had these like mostly cis het neighbors wandering into our like very neurodivergent queer housewarming party. So I printed this thing off and put it by the front door so people could read it and have <laughs> something to orient them to the space. And this one like straight white neighbor guy walked in and didn't have a name tag on even though everyone else was wearing name tags. So I just very gently said, "Hey, the name tags are by the door. You can write your name and pronouns on there. And For a while, I thought he didn't do it. But I realized at some point that he actually did go and put on his name tag with his he, him pronouns on there. So I was like, yeah. So it was really interesting to navigate that and all of that. I even included on there, like, there's three porches and there's also a lake, like, a block away. You can just walk over by the mailboxes and if you just need a break, here you go. And part of why I wanted to include that information in the email is so people would know if they could only show up for 30 minutes and then they were overwhelmed and had to go or whatever the reason, like here's all the accessibility things because I I want you to have that. And so I wonder like what would an accessible to neurodivergent people pride look like? What would that look like? Like maybe there's like sensory break stations that are Mm -hmm. not for hooking up or sex or anything, but it's quiet and dim and like maybe wear a blanket or whatever. Yeah.
1: I don't know. Yeah, I'm
0: just curious, we like, need, how, we need how to do that. We need sensory
1: breaks, though. Like, we need spaces that are sensory-friendly, too. Like, that is a big thing. Or, I don't know. Like, sometimes for me, it's just, like, being around a lot of people, though, is overwhelming. So I need to be able to get away. Yeah. Like, now that I have an RV, I take my RV everywhere. And so if anytime I need to get away, I can I instantly remove myself and take a break and then go back out. And I do so much more. Yeah. If we just had these, like, sensory bubbles where you could get away and have perfectly tailored to your sensory needs and mm-hmm. recalibrate like a phone. I go put your phone on the dock and recharge it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, now exactly. it's good. Take it off and go yep. like that. I am the same way. I need to go plug myself in, recharge in my perfect ideal sensory bubble. And then I can go again. But like before when we didn't have the RV, it was like, now we got to go home. The day's over yeah. and I could do a lot less
0: yeah so maybe like a pride festival that's somewhere that everyone can bring their rvs or tents or whatever
1: (laughs) oh and
0: then they can go have pride celebrations but then go recharge by themselves and have maybe longer hours for meals so if people are recharging they can still eat or whatever
1: Mm -hmm. i Mm -hmm.
0: love it that's so fun a
1: neurodivergent pride festival in the woods oh my gosh yes with mountains and rivers and stars and trees yes
0: So how else can people help create emotional safety for neurodivergent and LGBTQIA people? So like neurodivergent and queer people for each other and also maybe cis, straight, neurotypical people for neurodivergent queer people. Like how can we make the world cozier for people with brains like ours?
1: The thing about creating emotional safety for anyone, regardless of their neurotype, gender identity, sexual orientation, anything, is Allowing the person to come to the space and be their fullest, most authentic version of themselves. That's any human person to person. Yeah, like, as a right. person, we need to be accepted for the whole person. That's our strengths, our weaknesses, our identities, whatever they are. For me, it's autistic, ADHD, non binary, multiracial, queer, trans. Like, I need all of that be accepted. I need to be able to bring the whole person to the room. Mm -hmm. I need to be able to stand in my power and take up as much space as I need to take up and not make myself small for the comfort of other people uh, and not be told I'm too much or Mm -hmm. I'm not enough. Yeah. Uh, And so often we're told we need to be a little more this or a little more that or, oh, you looked better with longer hair or "Why, why don't you wear your makeup that way anymore? It's a thousand little paper cuts. But yeah. Maybe yes. it, you think it's just one comment here or there, but it's one comment from you, one comment from the next person, one comment from my mom, one comment mm-hmm. from my grandma that hurt a lot more because it was someone that meant to me. And it's all of these comments. And eventually I've got all of these invisible wounds all over me that I'm carrying around. Mm-hmm. Instead of someone just saying, I love you. I accept you, even if you don't understand someone's reality or what someone's going through. Because you know, neurodivergent people, our brains are literally different, so we have sensory experiences that are very different that you might not be able to comprehend. But if I'm telling you this is my experience, even if you can't understand it yourself, understand that this is my experience that's different from your own, mm-hmm. and that's okay that we have different experiences, and realize that people know their own experience and better than someone else projecting onto another person could possibly know another person's experience. And that's like letting people have the space to be themselves, be authentic and not leave parts of them behind.
0: Yeah. I know that we're getting close to our hour of time and I want to honor your, your time and spoons. The chat says, please pass along some love and gratitude for Lyric's openness and using their voice so understanding and compassion can grow.
1: Thank Um, you.
0: Thank you. Yeah. Instead of asking the three questions I like to ask at the end, which I think I asked you last time, probably. I think I'll just ask, what else do you want people to know about these topics of being autistic, being trans, being in Texas, or what have you? And then I'd love to hear more about the work you're up to and how we can
1: support. I would like for people to understand, like, autistic people, neurodivergent people, trans people, we're everywhere, Mm-hmm. And you probably have no idea. Like we are, like working in your grocery stores. We're, ooh, you know, we're 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 your friends. We're your neighbors. are <laughs> your neighbors. Like we we are people. Like that's the whole thing. And so much of like when our lives are politicized or. People are trying to capitalize on our identities and our our very existences. It's so hurtful and so harmful. And they dehumanize us to do that. Mm -hmm. They say that we're lesser people or we're broken people or we're defective or whatever. They say these horrible things about us that is like the opposite of what we're talking about trying to create emotional safety, trying to let people Mm -hmm. show up. Uh, And you're telling them, you're not good enough, you're not enough. Like we, we just are wanting to live our lives we just want we don't want special treatment we want access to the same things everyone else you know wants access to we we want to live authentically we want to live safely we don't want to have to constantly explain and justify our experiences to everyone else those of us who choose to do i have a lot of respect for people who do a lot of work like being out publicly as a non-binary person uh, I have to constantly come out to every person I meet and choose if I want to come out or if it's worth it or not and I'm on the internet I have that added level of people constantly deciding that means just I'm fair game for them to throw whatever they want at and people are uh, nasty and they don't need to be so nasty Uh,
0: I wish they wouldn't (laughs) and sometimes we just need to walk our dog slash cats
1: Yeah, exactly. Sometimes I just need to go jump in a lake a lot of times. Now that it's summer, I just always need to go jump in a lake. <laughs> you
0: can come jump in the lake by my house anytime. Just let me know.
1: I know. That sounds so nice. I was like a walk by a lake. I was like, that's exactly what I
0: need. Thank you so much, Lyric, for your time, your energy, your knowledge. I'm grinning. I don't know if people listening to this later can hear it, but I'm totally grinning. I love talking to you. It's one of my favorite things. So thanks for oh! showing up and spending time today.
1: This was fun. <laughs> thanks for inviting me back. Yeah, totally. I'm glad I didn't uh, outweigh my welcome last time. Uh, yeah, it was good to come back. I was looking forward to this. I knew it would be fun, which yeah, is nice. Yeah. I don't normally, I'm not normally willing to do things like at the end of the day or late in the day because my brain's a little done by then. Yeah,
0: yeah tired, worn out. Yeah, it.
1: but I knew you wouldn't make me suffer. I don't know. <laughs> I knew it would be enjoyable. Um, I knew we'd
0: have a good time. Being haircut siblings was my favorite surprise today.
1: Oh, I know, I know. You <laughs> look so good. Fun. You're so looking good, like, so good. So fresh, I love so it. flat. <laughs>
0: <laughs> We've got our, our summer our summer gender wonderful Final haircuts style. going on. It's so yeah. good. So friends, you can connect with Lyric in a number of places. Their link tree is in the chat right now. And if you're listening to this later, it'll be in the show notes. lyric has got a website, a consulting business, a Patreon, a store, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, PayPal, and probably more. Wonderful content all over the place. You make great things. And thank you for being willing to make videos and images for the internet to enjoy, because that made your content so much more accessible to me personally, and (laughs) hundreds, if not thousands, if not millions, of other people in the world as well.
1: Wow Wow do you have, Thank you Do you
0: have any Upcoming projects That you want to Tell us about Or that you're Allowed to talk my, about I don't know Maybe the secrets
1: A lot of them Are secret But no well, Some are secret But no I, I can tell you Something I'm excited About that I'd love yeah. To share I, you know, I, I am a one Person organization So I go work In my day job When I'm not Putting out free Resources to the Internet Which is my Passion project I say uh, I work with Organizations Trying to work On organizational Culture And helping them Be more accessible To neurodivergent People But being a one-person organization, I can only take two to four clients a month, which is not very many because every organization in the world needs to fix things because few of them, if any, are doing things correctly. Mm -hmm. So I've been working on this book, trying to put everything I do into almost like a box so that anyone who's neurodivergent and knows some of the basics can take these things and go implement them without me. without
0: me I can pull myself out of the
1: picture Uh, so I realized I had like stopped and I picked it up earlier this month again after a little break from Mm -hmm. really cramming and I only have six sections left in my first draft that's so exciting really actually close to having my first draft done so that's be on the lookout for that. I'm excited about it. It's all, you know, thanks to the Patreon supporters because they're yeah. going to be what helps me hire help to help me get it published because I'm going to self-publish, but I've got to get an editor, a copy editor, and someone help me get the Kindle Direct publishing set yeah. up and stuff. But yeah. I, might, I exciting, might know but... some
0: cool trans copy editors if you want me to try okay. to hook you up with somebody. <laughs> so
1: give me some, I'm looking. I do want to get trans or autistic. I've got a couple names, but I want, I haven't locked anyone in yet. So like yeah. the more names, the better because I, yeah. you know, I want to, have the variety but that's good too the mornings so give, give me some options if you got them send me an email <laughs> I love it. especially I love that it. kindle thing because that's the mm-hmm. thing because i don't know how to format it correctly for kindle direct publishing and i could mm-hmm. teach myself if nobody knew how to do it i was going to teach myself that piece and just hire a regular copy editor but right if somebody has that skill specifically and a, a lot of them didn't that's the goodie but i did talk to one who did so there's 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 one potential i know that does but it's not the nail in the coffin if they can't that's just a preference
0: all right i'll send a message to my two pals Woo-hoo. that do stuff like this and see if they have those qualities they are both trans and neurospicy, so you neuro know
1: yeah <laughs> If they
0: if they can also do the kindle thing then there you go trifecta of joy
1: yes awesome <laughs> so cool Th- throw me some more names in the hat that's great
0: Awesome. Thank you so much, Lyric, for being here today. Just as a note to the audience really briefly. So next next Monday, we're going to skip having the show be live because I will be going camping with my kids because it's a long weekend and I want to take time off after moving and all the chaos that it has been the last two or three months of buying a house and moving and all of that. But in two weeks, uh, we're going to kick off our Pride Month series here on the Genderful Talk Show. Our first guest for Pride Month is Spencer Bergstead, who, J.D., that's, I think that's a... Yeah, You have to go to school to get those letters, and I don't know what they mean. But Spencer, I think, is a retired lawyer and an activist, currently a trans man. And we're going to be talking about legal issues facing trans folks. We have some other very exciting guests lined up for the rest of Pride Month. Andy Rajani is going to come on and talk about illustrating gender-wonderful children's books. For the second week of June, the third week of June, we will have... Atlas O. Phoenix coming on to talk about human being human. Atlas is also, I think, in the middle of creating a film. I can't remember the name of the film, but it is a a very trans... By uh, BIPOC film and then on the 27th of June so the last Monday in June we'll be having Kai and Jekyll from the STP podcast come on and talk about trans eldership and what it's like being trans elders and transitioning before the year 2000 and so I'm very excited for this lineup of guests we have next month I've been preparing for this for months and months and now it's finally almost pride month so please do come back for those shows in the meantime Jennifer would like to thank our guests for being on this podcast. Please feel free to join us live on Twitch on Mondays. Check out the replays on YouTube on Fridays and keep an eye on your favorite podcasting platforms for edited audio only versions. As Never Kitty likes to say, trans rights are human rights. That's right.